Hello everyone. This is this is Anime is for Jerks. Uh, I'm Cass. And I'm Alex. Uh, and this week we're talking about the 1995 film Ghost in the Shell. And uh, I guess we'll start with Did you like this film, Alex? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I thought it was okay. Uh-huh. I didn't have I didn't have as strong of a reaction to it as I thought I would. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely. I have, I have, I have. Yeah, I have criticisms. Yeah. Um, so I actually, this time in my notes, I took timestamps, which actually turned out not to be that useful um, for for the specific notes that I took, as opposed to with Gunbuster, where I was constantly well, dumping I'm on shit. I'm sorry for encouraging on. best practices. <laughs> uh, my notes are like ever so marginally more useful, I guess, this time. Um, but I guess what we should do is we should, we'll go through and we'll, we'll summarize what this, this film is about if you haven't seen it, although it's, it's slightly less excusable for you to have not watched Ghost in the Shell, uh, because it's only an hour and a half as opposed to the, the six episodes of Gunbuster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, so Ghost in the Shell is about, uh, Major Kusanagi, who is... She's like a cyborg. She's like a she's like a, a human brain and a robot body, right. but she just looks like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets naked all the time uh, in order to kill people, as, <laughs> as one does. As one does. Um, and and she she's on like she's part of some department in the Japanese government that like I don't really know what they deal with like I don't know what I don't know what they do but what she what she is doing is going after this hacker called the puppet master right. which I imagine sounds more threatening in Japanese because in, <laughs> in English puppet master does not sound threatening at all it just makes me think of Metallica <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to open this can of soda that I got so yeah, hold so on the beginning crack, is very confusing one. okay while you there crack open your cold boy like the beginning is quite confusing because like it, we get this kind of scene to introduce her character, and she's a, she assassinates some diplomat from another country, and it ends up not really mattering to the overall plot. Oh yeah, that's literally just to show us like what she does, and that dude fucking explodes. It, like when this sure movie does. when this movie kills people, it fucking kills people. <laughs> Holy right. shit! All right. right, yeah, um, it gets it, it gets into it. But, yeah, like yeah, like they they go on a lot about this other country and this coup and this junta, but it doesn't none of it matters. The only thing that matters are these two like departments within the Japanese government, section 6 and section 9. Uh and their weird rivalry. Yeah, and I don't really know. I don't know if we're ever told what either of them knew. So like I wrote down when they were talking about that like whole like that whole weird colonialism thing. I I expected that to kind of to be what this movie was about. Yeah, yeah, and then me it's too. not it's not at all what this movie is about. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> Kusanagi works for section nine. Uh we find out that that uh section six is deeply involved with the puppet master. And so that ends up being the main kind of conflict of the film. Yeah. Um, so they're going after this puppet master who is this guy who like, like replaces people's brains with different brains in order to control them with the computer, yeah. uh, or, or something like that. And, and so like, like the first like real action scene that we get is this like 
garbage truck driver who is um who's driving around hacking a bunch of like phone like future cyberpunk phone booths um at the behest of a different guy who looks like a complete fucking dork. Uh, the other guy, like, he's got these, like, stupid sunglasses. Like, they're, like, future hacking sunglasses, but they look like those sunglasses you get when you get your eyes dilated at the eye doctor. Um, and he's got, like, a fucking stupid mustache and a stupid goatee. He looks like an idiot. Um, he sure does. And, uh, and so they catch the truck drivers, and they catch him. They catch, like, the, the hacker dude, and it turns out all, like... What, the truck driver that's doing the hacking and the other guy and, and the, the, like, the guy who's, like, going to all the phone booths and, like, sticking, like, stuff underneath them to allow the other guy to hack stuff. They're both puppets of the puppet master. And right. so they're, like, no closer to, to, have, to, to finding this, this dude. So, yeah, the, the, the garbage truck guy thought he was, like, spying on his, his ex-wife or something, but he was just brainwashed yeah. by the puppet master because the puppet master was using him to hack into various government officials. Like, we, we have a scene that I thought, again, I thought would come up later, but it's kind of just scene setting, where uh, the Japanese foreign minister's interpreter gets, gets hacked, and they assume she's going to be used in order to assassinate a government person. And so they have to, like, shut her down or something in order to prevent that. So they, they figure that's what Puppet Master is doing. They figure he's going to start hacking other government officials using these puppets. Yeah. And so, like, the, the sort of, like, end of end of first act, like, inciting incident is that, like, some dude runs over a naked woman on the road. Um, and I wrote... Start, well, that's the start of act two, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, like, the sort of, like, start of act two, end of act one. Uh, in be- and, and in between that is this, like, extremely long, like, I wrote down, I wrote down, this movie is just dystopian cyberpunk Koyanis Katsi. Which is? Uh, Koyanis Katsi is a movie from the 80s. It's this, like, it's an avant-garde film that's, it's, it's about, it's not really about anything. It just consists of, like, Philip Glass music playing over like really gorgeous shots of like cities and like people in cities and like people playing pac-man yeah we um, should mention this movie is fucking gorgeous oh yeah it's so i took so many screenshots i didn't take as many screenshots as i did while taking uh while watching gunbuster mostly because i was too busy looking at how pretty it was to, to remember to take a screenshot like visually and in terms in the music is fantastic oh yeah the music it's, is great like i mean when I said I enjoyed it, like l- that was largely from a, like a purely aesthetic point of view. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was also like largely why I enjoyed it because the the thing, the other thing that reminds me of Koyanis Katsi is that Koyanis Katsi is a Hopi word that means life out of balance, and <laughs> the movie is like ostensibly a criticism of like neoliberal capitalism, mm-hmm. but it winds up being just like. Look at how cool neoliberal capitalism is. Um, it's because because there's no because there's no dialogue, there's no narration, there's no anything like that. It's just like these gorgeous shots of like people driving down the street and like people going to work. And it's like look at how and it's like look at how efficient all of this is. Oh, good it's, God. it's 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 a disaster. Um, like the the best condemnation of this film that I've ever seen um, is several years ago. Some dude. 
uploaded a, uh, uh, uploaded a video that was just the original trailer for the film made entirely out of stock footage. Uh-huh. Um, which is just like, oh, not only is this movie not particularly challenging or like avant-garde, it is literally the stuff of Shutterstock. Oh, dear. Like it's literally Don't just worry. just the shit that like you you buy as like filler for the background of your video about how your company's going to make money in the in 2019 or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so, so um, you mentioned Act Two. So let's so let's finish summarizing Act One. So yeah, we have the the chase scene where these this brainwashed garbage man is going around setting yeah. up setting up hacking terminals, and then they ch- then they chase um, him and the guy who was um, his brainwashed compatriot, they catch them both and they basically tell them you've been brainwashed, you don't have a wife, you don't, like, not, you've just been used as puppets. Uh, and then we have this, and so that's kind of the first act where we, where we kind of world building, I guess. And until yeah. And until that time, we haven't really had any characterization. Like, my main problem with the movie is that I never, even Kusanagi, you don't yeah. really care about. I don't care about much. any of these people. That was the um, that was the main thing is I don't care about any of these people. Exactly. Um, so after the, th- the thing that got me the most about Act One, and I wrote this, I, I wrote this down, is that like there's this in, this is intense juxt- juxtaposition of like really serious violence, like people being shot and exploding, with just ludicrous slapstick. <laughs> just like, just like, ev- like every like character who like is is like well animated and like gets more than a few seconds of screen time. Like when they get shot and die, it's like really brutal. But like every every like background character is like like in the bit where they're running through the market, where right. where uh, where, they're, where they're running through the market. Like he's just like pushing people out of the way, and they're hilariously falling over. That dude like hilariously falls off his boat into the river. <laughs> oh like, yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's it's very it's nuts. Yeah. So they try to kind of like do some. <laughs> characterization at the end of act one so yeah. so we see kusanagi go diving um and then her her like partner batu um it's like i would be terrified being a cyborg going underwater and she has this whole monologue about about when she's underwater she can imagine becoming someone else, and I think uh, there's ob- an obvious parallel there yeah. between, um, like the brain diving that that they do, where they yeah. enter other people's consciousness and and see them, and it, be- yeah. it becomes much more obvious at the end um, when she does become someone else. But at the the um, all of the dialogue in this movie, like uh, any dialogue seen in the last one in a couple of seconds, all the dialogue in this movie is awful. It's bad. I hate it. I it's, hate all of it. It's, it's all and like when all of these scenes where it's just like Kusanagi and someone else just like talking about stuff. It's just like fucking shitty cyberpunk like base level ship of Theseus tier stoner talk. It's yeah. It's like it's extremely. It's, um, it's know, trash. Not quite pedantic, but it, like it just want. It's got these ideas it wants to get out, and it wastes yeah. no fucking time in getting them there. Yeah, I get um, the sense. Like, the, the main sense that I got from this movie was like, oh, this really was, like, a long-ass manga that they adapted into a 90-minute movie, and they, they, they didn't, like, adapt, like, a single arc or something from it. They just, like, squeezed the whole thing into 90 minutes, and it doesn't work. Well, I mean, honestly, except for the, like, problems with character development, like, I thought, it, I thought the scope worked reasonably well, um, because... 
it's I, was, I mean I was surprised how little happened uh, I was also surprised at how little happened and I think that actually I mean I like I expected it to actually try to squeeze more into it than it did and um, like as kind of inconc- inconclusive as it feels at the end like I think it managed to keep its scope pretty appropriate for the length of the film. But anyway, we can, we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah, um, we can get to that at the end. So, so the second act begins with. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, there's stuff. There's so much more first act to do. I don't remember like anything about the first act because it's so inconsequential. Okay, I just I just rewatched it. So like the. All right. I mean, I mean, her conversation with Batu on the boat after the after she goes diving, like I think I mean it's. A lot of, I mean, what you what you what you were calling like the Reddit ideas. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I literally mean, wrote when they were having that conversation. I wrote in my notes, thirty-two minutes thesis statement in all caps. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that's exactly true. But yeah, yeah, I had, I mean, I had hardly any notes until I watched it again, and then I, then, like stuff started to gel. I mean, I'm not sure how coherent the thesis is, um, but Batu like mentions that like if she's so kind of unhappy she could leave section 9 she could quit she could go live a different life and and she basically says she couldn't because she would have to like relinquish all of her cyborg modifications that they've given her and those make her who she is um and then and how could i how could i ever live without my sweet robot ass <laughs> well it's an interesting thing because like it's like a lot of like at least like western philosophy about identity at least until recently has been dominated by like a, the separation of the mind and body that yeah. you, that like the soul is something separate and that and that your body is just what contains it and that um, and that you, you could like move your brain somewhere else or upload your mind or or die and go to heaven and there's you would lose nothing of yourself and this is a very different idea in which that in which the your yeah self- that's like the I, that was like the sort of like Socratic idea of, of death where it's like well like the best thing that you can do in your life is sit around and argue with Socrates because like you're when you die either nothing's going to happen or you're going to be stuck with just your mind and you're you might as well be smart if that's going to happen <laughs> right exactly but here we've got an idea of that like the the physicality of of your of you is is just as much a part of yourself as as your your brain i i say brain here but like it's very it's not ever made explicit what they mean by a ghost whether it's like the brain or the immaterial soul or just the the state of self-awareness or consciousness what i what i imagine what they meant by ghost was like some kind of like like brain upload thing like Mm -hmm. like like ghost ghost is the file format of your brain um is what i what i sort of interpreted it as but they also never say anything like that yeah so uh i mean i think it's just kind of the 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 I think it's just consciousness 
I think yeah. that's the closest thing. And so, so yeah, so end of act one is Kusanagi basically laying out her thesis of what it means to kind of be alive and be a person. And so, um, like, she mentions that giving up her body would mean giving up herself. And um, so she, so she talks about, like, how her own face and voice distinguish her from others. And there's this obvious desire to be kind of, like, different and have individuality and originality. Um, we see during the big musical interlude between Acts 1 and 2... Yeah, Cyberpunk Koyanis Katsi. She sees, like, some of the other cyborgs that have her model... Oh, is that what that is? Yes. Uh, okay, I didn't, I didn't interpret it as that because I had no, I, I saw that and I had no idea what was happening and then I forgot about it. <laughs> so yeah, in 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 like on the wiki it was saying like the her body was designed to be a mass production model so she wouldn't be conspicuous, uh, uh. and so we see a woman in a cafe who looks exactly like her, we see a mannequin that looks exactly like her, and so I'm. Okay, so that, that's what. That's so no, what was no doubt that feeds into her, into herself, into her like feeling of not being her own person, um, and uh, because she's just we we the puppet master at one point says like just a copy isn't really a true new life. You need there needs to be like mutation and change and all this kind of puppet work. master dunking on bacteria. <laughs> Full of shit, yeah. tiny, so it, t- tiny creatures full of shit. So it's Fuck weird. You. It's, it's, it's very, it's very opposed to like the Western Christian influenced idea of selfhood, where like we're all like we're all just immaterial souls that are one in in yeah before God. And like for Kusanagi, at least, it's very important to be unique and identifiable and. And also physically embodied. And corporeal, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's why she's so receptive to, like, the puppet master in the second act. Now let's go, now, now let's go to the second act. Oh, wait, no, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, so just, bef- just at the end of act one, we hear the puppet master whispering at, oh, yeah. at, at them both. It's a quote from Corinthians. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> and so, like, he they say they say like the other part of it at the end. Um, so the passage that we hear at the end of Act One is um, it the sub the subtitled version I had it, it read as now it's like we're looking through a mirror and what we see is a dim image. Um, so can I read the full verse? Go ahead. Okay. Do whatever okay, so, you want. So this is this is 1 Corinthians uh, verse 13. Um, so it goes, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. 
love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these, th now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So I think the- Fuck, I mean, We are truly the most fucking erudite anime podcast in the world. I'm going to win a Pulitzer. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, it's, I, think it's, I think it's safe to assume, I mean, this is about like moving away, like divesting oneself of like materialism and moving towards like faith, hope, and love and, and, and learning to kind of understand God. Um, and says like, uh, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that in like, basically like seeing, seeing God and at the end of the movie, Kusanagi literally sees an angel um and the puppet master quotes corinthians again and compa literally compares himself to god uh in comparison to her who's like a uh, imperfect mirror image so where was i going with this i have no uh, idea <laughs> God, I should have watched this movie a second time, but I overslept. No, don't worry. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the idea is that, like, um, well, we'll get... We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should probably talk about the second... Yeah, the second act. Uh, which, so the second act begins, where dude hits naked woman on the road in a truck, which I've said, I feel like I've said that three times now. Uh, before getting cut off, uh, <laughs> we need to talk about the first act again, which apparently was really important, even though I, <laughs> I didn't notice that. No, it's fine. You're correct. You were correct in uh, in in uh, continuing to talk about the first act. So, um, so this this like body turns out like they bring it back to section nine, and it like turns out that it's also they have. There's this weird bit, this is like totally irrelevant to anything, but there's this weird bit and I don't know what hap what's happening in this scene where they like, like some dude like flips a switch and she like starts like inflating and convulsing. Yeah, and I don't know what that, happened there. The only thing that that reminds me of is if you've ever seen anyone make Peking Duck, part of what they do is they like stick an air compressor between the skin and the meat of the bird and then like inflate it and it looks exactly like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. It looks precisely like that. That's scary. So, um, um so yeah, yeah, they so so we 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 discover that this this um cyborg manufacturer that creates shells um it got hacked into and spontaneously created a cyborg 
which then escaped and was hit was hit by a truck and retrieved by section nine. Fucking it, super advanced AI can't, is is too stupid not get hit by a truck. <laughs> And during, during, during this Peking duck testing process, they discovered that there's the, pat, a go- the patented Peking duck testing process. <laughs> they discovered that there's a ghost inside it, um, but they have no idea. One might say a ghost in the shell. Oh, Whoa. a ghost in it, the duck. Yeah, yeah, a ghost in the duck. <laughs> they discuss yeah. So they're, uh, but they have no idea, like whose ghost it is or it just occurred to me that the least realistic thing about this movie is that there aren't a bunch of furries walking around because there would definitely be a demand for shells that look like anthropomorphic animals that's true that's absolutely true and yeah see seeing this 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 cyborg kind of triggers a second existential crisis in kusanagi and yeah. sh- and, and that's when i during that conversation in the elevator is when I wrote down, this is just sh- shitty stoner, what if the red IC isn't the same as your red babble computers? <laughs> yeah, so, like, um... So, yeah, Kusanagi is, is thinking, like, if if this... If this cyborg has a ghost that didn't, like, just kind of... Didn't come from a, 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 a human... She has a crisis because she has no memory of her ever not being a cyborg. I was looking at more like backstory, and it doesn't seem like the or the the like her origin story wasn't very clear from the wiki at least. But at at the very least, like she has almost always been in a cyborg. Like she was probably born a human, but almost very quickly was transferred into cyborg so she has no real connection to her original like human body so that's why she's all kind of messed up um and yeah and so she's in the elevator talking to Beto um and he gets all Descartes on her <laughs> he's, he's like are you doubting the existence of your own ghost it's like oh how can you doubt it if you if if there's nothing, if there's no ghost to do the doubting, hey, 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 um, and then, yeah, she has some freak out about, like, if there's no, like, human body that, from which the consciousness arose originally, she says, like, uh, if a cyber brain could generate its own ghost, what, let's see, what could you base your belief in yourself on then and so that didn't really make any sense to me like and i guess it only makes sense if like you think like humanity is required to be a person which she thinks it does yeah that that is definitely that that's part of the reason why i wrote that why i wrote down that this is just shitty stoner babble with computers is because it definitely seems a sort of way to be missing and maybe this is the point, is that her understanding of what constitutes personhood is incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Puppet Master shows, shows her, at the end, that, like, he is a person who emerged from not a non-human source. Uh, it was just a spontaneous consciousness that arose. Yeah. Uh, and so... And yeah, so, yeah, he, I think the, the most charitable interpretation is that she's just wrong uh, yeah. here. 
about. Um, yeah, it, I think that that's a fair that's a fair read. I don't think I don't I don't I don't even think that's necessarily charitable. Is is to imply that like she's saying something that's wrong in the early part of the movie that is then shown to be wrong to her face later on. Right, right, right. Because um, that's that because that's the other thing is that like a lot of the characters like it's like when mm. the puppet master is sort of like on is like in section nine and like reveals himself and is like all oh, you motherfuckers. Get, just give give me a demands political asylum and they're just like you're not a person um, <laughs> you know like like to a certain extent it's about the puppet master proving them wrong yeah. um yeah and and trying to expand the definition of personhood to include itself exactly um yeah in in this same elevator thing like yeah she's like how do i know i'm like a person if i haven't seen my own brain or ghost or whatever and then Batu says something like oh well like you're how many she, he says how many people have seen their own brain which is I thought was really really funny like I thought that was just a really funny sentence <laughs> like I don't know I don't I can't really put my finger on why I thought it was so funny but it's really funny to me yeah I mean he also says like oh well you're treated like a human by everyone and like so that's kind of like an old school like behavioralist idea yeah. of, of personhood it's like to to be a person is is just like we know you're a person just by the be external behaviors you uh, if it looks like a duck exactly uh, uh, if it looks like a peeking duck there's a really there's a really great passage from a philosopher named stanley cavell about that kind of like illustrates behaviors I and mean, it's too long to read maybe i'll just post it in the yeah we'll put it in the, the show notes for the thing um, see if you can summarize the gist of it well, it's just it's just about um, how this like this craftsman creates a, a, basically a cyborg um, who who becomes increasingly lifelike to the point that you can't really tell that it's a person, but like the mechanic is constantly like threatening it, threatening it with like a knife, and it, it freaks out, and you're and you're supposed to like, am I supposed to be? concern for this cyborg it's it's kind of triggering my sympathy but i i thought it was i thought i was supposed to know that it's not real and then you get all you get all mixed up and then eventually you kind of like close harden your heart and ignore it's like suffering and then the mechanic turns to you pops off your chest and you see you're a bunch of wires inside oh um, shit it's it's very cute um i'll post it but yeah, like like, I think the 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 it will. I guess we'll we'll talk about like the sort of conclusion of the movie like briefly, which is that like like they're they're on the trail of the puppet master, and then like the some shit goes down, and the uh, the the pup the shell containing the puppet master is stolen, and they get into like a high speed car chase that takes them to this like abandoned building. In like the like ruins of old Tokyo. Wait, wait, wait back up. Um, yeah. So it, so this is this is right after. So we they had got hit by a car. They brought it into Section Nine. It claimed to be a, a person and demanded political asylum. Yeah. And then during during that exchange, there was some invisible cyborg that snuck in, and set off a distraction and stole the puppet master's body and went off on this on this car chase that you just mentioned yeah um, also there's like a, a really hilarious bit 
where like some dude goes to type at a computer and then his fingers open up and turn into a billion fingers and he types really oh. really fast. Oh hell which yeah! Which I've seen, I've seen gifs of that before. Uh, I didn't realize it was from Ghost in the Shell. I think I actually have a GIF of it in the GIF reel that plays on my streams. Nice. Have you seen um, um, Brazil? I've not seen Brazil. There's something similar in in there. Um, uh, but yeah, like I, it's 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 always been really funny to me, <laughs> like just like the hands just like exploding into a million tiny fingers to right. type really really fast. Like that's <laughs> like that's the signifier of the cyberpunk future is that if you're a typist, you have a million <laughs> tiny fingers. It reminds me a lot of the bit in the trailer, which you've probably never seen, the trailer for Persona Five. Uh, yeah. where Futaba, like, is typing at a computer, and then she, like, crosses her hands over and is typing on the wrong side of the keyboard with her hands. And it's like, that's not what anyone would ever do. <laughs> but it's like, we need to come up with some way to signify that you know how to use a computer, apart from just, like, showing you using a, a computer. What would what would do that? Like, oh, clearly, like, having the manual dexterity to type on the wrong side of the keyboard <laughs> with your hands exactly. indicates that you're a computer genius. <laughs> So yeah, so they get into a car chase and they go to to this like abandoned building in like like some old like burned out section of Tokyo, um, and they find there's like there's like the car that has the puppet master in it uh, that's empty, and then like an invisible tank on top of it, and then they get into a big tank battle with yeah. with or uh, Kusanagi gets into a big tank battle. Um, like she's so she's so excited about the puppet master she basically kills herself trying to take out oh, yeah. this tank single-handedly it and also like that was the scene that made me realize like oh this isn't like that horny because it's also kind of disgusting <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> like like i was anticipating this film to be a lot hornier than it is right um me too but it, it really isn't like it's got a lot of nudity in it but it's not horny nudity it's mostly disgusting <laughs> Um, like it's, yeah. it's mostly like the bit where like the bit in act one where uh, Kusanagi is fighting that that like the puppet guy and she just like breaks like all of his like his both of his wrists and both of his ankles and it's like really visceral and brutal and disgusting. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like that's what that's what this movie is about is about. So like she she like climbs on top of the tank. Uh, she she gets because she has to get nude in order to use her her camouflage, um, <laughs> which is is. As good an excuse as that quiet from Metal Gear Solid Five wears a bikini because she breathes through her skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's that's like it's like that tier of excuse to get, to get this, <laughs> this character, this character nude. Um, and uh, so she 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 uses her like optic camouflage. She like gets on top of the tank. And she tries to rip the tank open, and then the tank is too strong. And then she like rips her own arms off. And then, um, then her partner shows up and like destroys the tank and then we get into sort of like the thematic meat of like the end of the third act where like you have third now Kusanagi uh or the end of the second act rather um where it's like okay now you have Kusanagi whose body has been destroyed in exactly the same cons conspicuously destroyed in exactly the same way as <laughs> uh as the puppet master's shell uh and the you and then Kusanagi's like no I'm I'm going to like dive into into his brain and we're gonna hang out, um, and then she does that, and it's kind of hard to to summarize because it's just sort of a long dialogue scene, um, and I don't remember a lot of what happens in it. So maybe you should you should summarize what they're talking about because yeah. you've watched it twice. So, um, so yeah, so Kusanagi is she mentions in the elevator her reason for wanting to dive in is that like. 
she thinks they're very much the same in that they both have they don't neither of them have much connection to their to humanity um and so and that and that's part of her existential crisis about is are you can you be a person if you don't have humanity um and so she dives in but the puppet master is basically takes over her instead of instead of vice versa and they start having a little chat and he he after kusanagi laid out her thesis in part one now puppet master lays out his thesis in part two um which he began during the um, interrogation by Section Nine before he got uh, before he got rescued by the and the car chase um, when he was talking to the Section Nine boss Kusanagi's boss um, after claiming personhood and demanding asylum he has this whole thing like um, the. They're like, no, you, you're not a person. You can't demand asylum. You're just a like a virus that's trying to like preserve itself. And he's like, isn't that just what humanity is? DNA is just a mechanism for self-preservation. Yeah. The other uh, thing that, that that whole thing reminded me of, not only, not just because, not so much because of the content, but mostly because of like the language and the way it's phrased is the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh. Uh, uh, which, if you... I guess not the end of I guess kind of the end of Metal Gear Solid Two and also the end of Metal Gear Solid One, um, and a lot of the stuff they talk about in Metal Gear Solid One because Metal Gear Solid Two is more about like computers and information than Metal Gear Solid One, which is more about genetics. Uh, in in the sense that Hideo Kojima like did like the late '90s equivalent of skimming the Wikipedia article on those subjects and then <laughs> and then it was like I'm gonna make a video game about this. Um, a tradition that is alive and well in the work of Yoko Taro. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the true son. Um, true son of Hideo Kojima in terms of <laughs> skimming, in terms of skimming Wikipedia articles and making video games about them. So, like, if Kusanagi's, like, thing is that, like, personhood requires some sort of, like, organic hum- human origin, like, the Puppet Master's thing is that, like personhood or like being truly alive requires this sort of self-preservation replication um and so when he's talking yeah. to when he's talking to kusanagi at the end when they're when they're hooked into each other uh he talks about like the basic life cycle processes of reproducing and dying and you have to i was 100 percent sure they were building up to like hey major kusanagi you want to fuck <laughs> They basically do. They basically do like the computer equivalent of that, but it, I was expecting it to be way more explicit. Okay. Uh, yeah. at, at like the at the last possible moment to squeeze the horniness <laughs> I was promised in. Yeah. Then like he talks about needing like a like this, like um, this is hinted at at the beginning when um, Kusanagi is talking to Togu her her like. Um, her other sidekick, who's that, like, basically total human, and uh, not Batho, the other guy. Oh, like, um, the chief? No, the, oh. uh, the the dude with the, with the revolver. Uh, I don't remember this person. Okay. I, <laughs> I have no memory of this person. I forget his name. Um, he's the one who, he's the one who, um, who shoots the tracking device onto the car. 
Oh, that guy. That guy. So that guy at, who looks like Otacon. At the beginning, he's like. Speaking of Metal Gear Solid. At the beginning, he's like, "Why did you? Why did you? Why did you get pull me out of the regular police force?" And she's like, uh, "And she says something about how like we need like normal humans because as like good as cyborgs are, we need like we're we're too like." much the same we're too like predictable and systematic and we need like a human to um that to like, kind of like that sort of like diversity um <laughs> our, our affirmative action <laughs> program for getting humans into the police force <laughs> and the button master brings up the same thing about how like life needs to diversify and like change and mutate in order to survive um whereas just copying the same identical like ghosts over and over um would just be susceptible to like a single virus uh like how humans are susceptible to diseases um and so and so yeah for like whenever it's not clear why they're so hung up on, like, reproduction, immort- like, this sort of immortality through p- reproduction. And then because K- Kusanagi says, like, uh, if I die, I don't leave any genes or children behind. And Puppet Master's like, let's fuck. <laughs> and we'll create, like, digital children. He uh, said that's not even, that's not even actually true because they create, like, one merged, pro- there, there's less... It's the exact opposite of reproduction because now there's less total things. I think the that idea exists. is that they're is that they're gonna like create progeny and then and then die. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's what they're, they're gonna at, fucking die in space. At, the, at one point near, uh, near the end, uh, let's see, where's the? Uh, yeah, he's he, he, she's like. He's like, we will create, um, we will create children on the net, and then, and then die, um, <laughs> uh, for something, um, and I can't. I don't really I mean, understand. Okay, okay, like, okay, I can't find I don't the really, exact uh, quote anymore. I don't really um, understand the mechanics of that because what happens is, is they just like they merge and then right. Puppet Master's brain explodes, um, <laughs> and then like now Kusanagi is just like this like goth Lolita, um, in in this cabin in the woods, in this like modernist Frankler right ass cabin in the woods, and then she just goes outside, and that's what happens. Right. Right. Um, like I don't, I don't yeah, understand yeah, what I'm the not, hell he means. I'm not sure how they're supposed, how like, how that's gonna work. But um, like he all he also she says like. So yeah, there's two, there's two, there's two kind of like threads. There, one is that like, is somehow together they can, like create, new ghosts that are unlike themselves uh how yeah how that would happen i don't know it's not it's not clear and then like before the merge she asks him can you guarantee i'll still be myself after the merge and he's like no there isn't such thing as like yourself 
It's like your longing to remain yourself will continue to restrict you. And so, uh, so his, yeah, his whole idea is like obliterating the entire idea of, of selfhood and just embracing this constant change. And like the, the, instead of like looking at it at the level of like person that he just like wants like continuous life through a cycle of like mutation and death and rebirth. Shit, I, I wonder if uh, Shiro knew about uh, knew about horizontal gene transfer when he wrote when he wrote this. Um, Elaborate, please. So horizontal gene transfer. I don't remember how recently this was discovered. I feel like it was the nineties, um, and it's basically. Um, so you have this, so it's something that still happens, but it happened a lot more in the past, like in the very distant past, like in like the, the sort of hypothesized RNA world of like early, uh, of early life. And like shortly after that, where a thing that bacteria can do is <laughs> they basically like, in addition to binary fission, where they just split into clones of the original bacteria, they can also do horizontal gene transfer where essentially they like walk up to another bacteria and is like here take this and mm-hmm. then like shoots a gene into that other bacteria who now has that gene um and a thing that happened that and like basically before like cell membranes evolved and like and i i'm getting this wrong because it's been a long time since i i read about this but basically like in the very early days of life when it was basically just like bacteria hanging out in like a hot swamp um like this was just happening all the time like there was no concept or very little concept of like distinctive individuals and more of a concept of like um of just like a bunch of like molecules of dna some of which have membranes around them and some of which don't along with a bunch of molecules of rna they're all just like hanging out and like swapping genes all the time (laughs) that like then evolved into this idea of just like oh no now we have these organisms these like specific so that's what he was talking about by the all-girl orgy (laughs) so so in the manga I should explain what I just meant. Um, yeah. So this is a thing. This is a thing that that Alex just sent me on Discord, which is this quote that says Shiro stated in his poster book Intron Depot One that quote I drew an all girl orgy because I didn't want to draw some guy's butt. <laughs> which you know, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, in in the in the manga there there's scenes where like apparently she does sex work as like a side gig and sometimes fucks girls, um, and. Yeah, so there's no there's no uh, other reason for it being girls. Yeah, he just, it's he just didn't want to draw the guy, the hairy guy ass. Uh, Which you know what? Fair enough. I wouldn't want to either. True. True. Absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, but sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, the horizontal gene transfer. So. Yeah. That's how that that that's how this that's how this that's how that's how girls have sex. Oh 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 oh, right. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he had anything that explicit in mind about how. Um, yeah no no. How the new like puppet master slash Kusanagi uh, hybrid is going to create progeny, um, but. Yeah, and, it, end, uh, it ends a very open on a very kind of like ambiguous note. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's a very like it's a very anticlimactic ending. Right, I was like, oh. um, um, Batu yeah. rescues her, puts finds this black market goth lowly body to to, <laughs> to to put her into. He's very clear that 
this is I'm, this is not what I'm into. It was just the first body <laughs> I could find. Don't get of the course. wrong idea. Uh, and then uh, she's like, "Yeah, Puppet Master and Kusanagi are gone. This I'm a new I'm a new thing, um, and I'm I'm taken off. See you later." And that's basically it. Um, yeah, and that's the end. And then there's like a, a panning shot of like their like background painting of a city. Yeah, she's like the uh, net, the net is vast and infinite. Where should I go next? Which made me realize that so in the video game Persona, Shimigami Tensei Persona Four, there's a, a a minor quest where you have to like there's a girl who wants to stop eating so many snacks for <laughs> some reason, and you have to find her. Uh, a weird snack and so you go uh, to your friend Chie and she gives you meat flavored gum um, <laughs> and then you give this to this girl who wants to stop snacking and she says and I realize now this is a reference to this movie she says truly the world of snacks is vast and infinite <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic yeah that's that is a true like uh, innovation in in the in the snack ecosystem. Yeah, meat flavored gum. If you want snacks to survive, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we've we've appropriately summarized the plot uh, of this film. So my overall thoughts, I was kind of bored by this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the sense of like the plot was boring. The plot was like like they it's an action movie. They did a, it was like exciting to watch. I was never bored by by, by watching it, but. What I what I wrote in my notes, like I wrote this like paragraph uh, at the when I finished watching it, where it's just like for a cyberpunk classic, this isn't really much of what I find interesting about cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's cyberpunk in the sense that it's about the intersection of high tech and low life in like in like the the bottom layer of of cyberpunk, and like that's sort of like the fundamental thing. Um, but. Uh, it's not really about cyberpunk and that like all of this stuff is just background like all the stuff that I find actually interesting about cyberpunk yeah. like the idea of like I think cyberpunk is really really good at talking about like issues of class and race and gender and ability and I think a lot of people wind up using it to talk about issues of like identity and is like is a computer a person and it's like I don't give a shit if a computer is a person I don't right. give a shit if I'm a person yeah um, it's, it's it's yeah this stuff gets less interesting as you get older <laughs> yeah it's definitely um, like it's it's very it's very base level ship of Theseus bullshit, you know. Like it's yeah. it's, because um, like the first time you realize that like oh what if the person who comes out on the other side of the Star Trek transporter isn't the same as the person who came out on the on the original side? It just like acts exactly the same as the the person who came out on the other side. It's like oh shit, I've just blown my own mind. <laughs> and then you and then like a few months later you're like oh I don't actually care. It doesn't actually matter. It has no material impact on my existence because Star Trek transporters don't exist. And also computers that are that act like people don't exist. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. There's I I I remember this. One of the only good books, like philosophy books, I could remember was it's called Real People by Christine. Is that her first name? Kathleen Wilkes, uh, where she takes all of like the thought experiments about personal identity, about like brain transfers and multiple personalities. Yeah. And she's like, let's look at what like is actually physically possible and true based yeah. on Korean science and see if any of these actually make any sense. And in most cases, they don't. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, they, it, it, it's, it's, 
like like it, it reminds me of like because a lot of people now and it's kind of died down now but for the past couple of years a lot of people on the internet have been really obsessed with like what if we're in a simulation and like we're definitely in a simulation or whatever and i find that shit so annoying because <laughs> there's no empirical way to verify whether or not we're in a simulation yeah. and and even like you can't know that and even if you were to wake up in from the in like the matrix vats and like with like wires coming out of your nipples, that could just be like another layer of the simulation. Yeah. Like you can never know about the top layer, uh -huh. and I don't find that kind of question very interesting. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, and like if you go all the way back to to you know guys like Rene Descartes, who was just like, well, literally the only thing that I know is that I am a bra I am something that I there's something that I can feel comfortable calling me that is thinking these thoughts right now, and then. He can't actually reasonably get from that to anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like he, but he wants to. So he just like imagines just like, well, I really, really believe God is real. So surely he must be. And it's like, no, my dude. Um, c c because like the real thing is that like Descartes is like, actually this train of thought is not that interesting, but I've already backed myself into a corner on it. So I have to figure out a way out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's, this this kind of personhood stuff like obviously the puppet now it, it's kind of the other way where it's like whereas like whether or not there's a, a a physical world outside of your mind is something that you can't know and therefore it's not worth thinking about yeah like whether or not the puppet master is a person is so obviously yes he's a person um that it's not even worth thinking about yeah. and it's it's so obviously yes and it's so obviously like irrelevant because it not only is it not particularly relevant to the world we live in in that we don't have computers that could spontaneously generate consciousness and probably never will um which i know is a hot take um <laughs> but uh come at me nick bostrom um, <laughs> and uh like like it's also not particularly a useful metaphor for anything that does exist yeah. You know, like part of the reason why cyberpunk I think works for discussing those other things is that like oh um, it's not like we don't have ludicrous, like, class disparity now, but it is that it become, like, it's really, it's really, it's, it's normal, you know? Like, the fact that every, like, almost everyone who goes to Harvard has a, goes to Harvard because their dad went to Harvard is, like, that's normal, and so it, it's not shocking. But when right. we write a story about a world in which, like, oh, all the sports scholarships go to rich kids because they can afford, like, cybernetic limb enhancements that let them hit baseballs really far... Um, is like, oh, that suddenly, th that's really no different than the world that we actually live in, but because the details are different, it feels different, and it lets yeah, us like, examine re our own world. Re recasting society in, like, a different light lets you kind of yeah. highlight, uh, highlight these things. Yeah, it lets, it lets you take, take yourself out of the world in which you are and put yourself into, into this other world that is, like, like, the things are not, like, the actual, like, the actual disparity is not different. You know, it, and, and at its best, this kind of, like, class-oriented cyberpunk is a real rebuttal to the sort of, like, bullshit Steven Pinker, Bill Gates, rising tide lifts all boats <laughs> fucking neoliberal bullshit yeah, ideology, yeah, yeah. where it's, like, it doesn't actually matter if, okay, now all of the poor people have, like, uh, all, like random street urchins have access to, like, computers that let them hack banks or whatever, but also they're, they still, like, live in the alleys yeah. and... Like nothing, like nothing material about the gap has changed. It's just that the bottom has lifted up a bit. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not the people who are on the bottom who define what 
like what is necessary to continue to exist in the world is the people at the top who define what is necessary to continue to exist in the world and so it's Mm -hmm. like oh if you get to have like a shitty cyber leg that lets you run kind of fast then it's like okay but like warren buffett's kid gets to have like a really great cyber leg that doesn't fall off constantly and lets him run really fast you know (laughs) or whatever um uh, and this movie is not interested in that, mostly because it's 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 also about a cop uh, in a way that's like in a way that's boring, you know. Yeah. Like I, it's not about any of the stuff that's interesting in cyberpunk. It's about a bunch of the stuff that's really boring in cyberpunk. Yeah, I was about to say it's almost it's not actually about the cop. I like I mentioned before that I had a hard time like getting into it because you don't really care about the characters, yeah. and I think that might have been actually intentional. Because um, obviously we don't get any backstory for Kusanagi or anyone else, uh, and I think because like at the end she ceases to exist, and if the like the puppet master's like worldview is the one that kind of like wins out, it's that like your long like this like stable selfhood is bullshit, and what what matters is like like kind of this wave of life that reproducing and dying and so in the end it's like oh the 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 person doesn't matter so why would we focus on character development of kusanagi if she's just one like one step in this in this whole like series of existences and so ultimately it's just a movie it's it's a movie about an idea and the the idea isn't that interesting (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a movie about this. Because, like, that's the model of selfhood that I think is actually most useful, um, like, for conceptualizing how you how you exist in the world. Like, I think it's it's actually... Like, I think trying to get down to, like, some bottom layer of, like, what's, what's like, essentially you about you is a losing proposition. Oh, that's um, probably like, true. Like, yeah. in the real world that we live in. But also, it doesn't really matter, you know? <laughs> right, it's like, like there it's, probably aren't these kind of, like, immaterial, persisting souls that, like, yeah. are... That never, like, change and are always, like, there. And so, in that sense, yeah, it might be... that. It might, this yeah. might be a more slightly more accurate, but also, yeah. I care. It's about like people. it's like yeah, it's like arguing about about whether or not we have free will. It's like the answer <laughs> is no. Of course we fucking don't. Like no, obviously not. But I feel like I do, and acting and what would it even mean to act like I don't have free will? Yeah. So there's literally no way that the knowledge that all of my actions are predetermined can affect my actions by definition. So I might as well ignore it. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've covered Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I I feel like we we had a pretty rowdy, like we... uh, an erudite yeah. conversation. It's and just the, the most erudite anime podcast on the internet. In other words, and the all... worst. Yeah, the worst anime <laughs> podcast on the internet. Um... <laughs> all right, so we've discussed Ghost in the Shell, I think, adequately, and next month... We are going to be talking about why we're going to be watching and discussing Serial Experiments Lane, uh, which is a, a late 90s, early 2000s, I don't remember when it came out. Yeah, I'll like avant-garde cyberpunk anime, 11 episodes about uh, murder and the the internet and computers and uh, uh, bear kigurumis and, uh, install, and installing Linux. Oh. Um, I don't want to watch it now. <laughs> um anyway, 
Uh, so yeah, so that's what we're going to watch. We're going to watch Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this this hour and hour and four minutes. It's going to be less when I edit it, but this, this hour-ish of, of discussion about Ghost in the Shell, a movie that everybody has already seen and discussed. Um, so hopefully Serial Experiments Lane, an anime that less people have seen, will be more interesting. Um, so yeah. Uh, where Alex, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet? I don't exist. Uh, just like the Puppet Master. Uh, I, on, on Twitter, I am done, done, done. D-U-N-N three times. On Mastodon, I am Catalina at selfie.army. That's S-E-L-F-Y, by the way. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the non-canonical spelling. The non-canonical spelling, yes. Uh, you can find me at prophet underscore goddess on Twitter and at prophet underscore goddess at skeleton.cool on Mastodon. You can find the show at Anime is for Jerks on Twitter. You can find it at Anime is for Jerks at skeleton.cool on Mastodon. You can email us your thoughts about Serial Experiments Lane or Ghost in the Shell or Gunbuster, uh, and we might read them on future future episodes. You could even uh, suggest more th- yes. stuff for us Suggest to more anime for us to watch. You can email us at animeisforjerks at gmail.com. Uh, you can find the show online at anchor.fm slash animeisforjerks. Uh, and that's our show. So thanks for, thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.